we are on a rescue mission now, guys. And again, God put us here. We were the we are the chosen generation. God had to go through this, um, and so now we are are fully on a rescue mission to go after helping these kids and helping this next generation, um, and helping the people that are here with us. Hi again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Narrative Podcast. Mike Andrews, Aaron Barrett, David Mahan. I don't know if we're glad to welcome you in today, but we are welcoming you into what is essentially going to be a group therapy session uh, <laughs> as we unpack the the passage of issue one yesterday in the state of Ohio. And guys, there's really no great place to start with this other than to just get first reactions, first impressions. Uh, well, I, I normally have my water bottle here, but this this pushed me back to Diet Coke. So and I'm back on the hard stuff oh, here. <laughs> yeah. uh, David, what what was your impression of, of the day and, and specifically the election result that we were all here gathered together last night to, to witness as a team at CCV? Honestly, still, um, still dealing with it. Um, been a real quiet day for me just because you know, I remember the, the thought that that hit me um, this morning that I woke up with, which I didn't get much sleep, but um, as I was watching the results come in, I, I literally was staring at the TV and I said, Lord, um, forgive us because we know not what we do. I woke up this morning thinking, but don't we though? I mean, I, it, like, do we really not know what, we, what we're doing um, to babies? There was no RRD. It was just, what are we going to do with the unborn, right? And, uh, you know, specifically, you know, as I look at, you know, those those states um, or those cities that had 63 percent. Yes. You know, and up. So um, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Akron, Columbus, um, those are those are all the cities where, you know, a lot of folks look like me are. And, uh, you know, it's like, wow, you know, we you know, these are the cities that. um are the most dangerous cities for black babies to live right now. And, you know, the fact that this is all in the constitution, the fact that, um, you know, what is that, what does it say to say facts, save women's sports, all the gender related things that we're working on. Um, I don't know if I have a whole lot of encouraging things to say today, but, but that's, that's where I woke up. That's where I'm, where I'm wrestling. That's where I'll be praying over the next several days about. Aaron, I know you've obviously been out in front of of this from from the rip. You've been involved in the the pro life uh, fight for most yeah. of your career, yeah. um, and this certainly was the the biggest fight that we've ever had here in Ohio. Uh, how, how are you doing today? It's <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it's hard, Mike. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'll say uh, I'm grateful for all the friends and my wife and the team, like that we, we've had just really had some sweet prayer times um, together. Uh, you know, again, to, to, to David's point, I think the, um, the reality of, you know, Peter Range, one of the, the board members of Protect Women Ohio with me said, you know, we're waking up today in a different state, yeah. right? Then, then we went to bed and right. And I think the reality of that is, is kind of washing over me and is gonna for a while. Um, that, you know, I, I said this to a few folks last night. I said this on, on NPR this, this morning, um, and we'll see if some of the other interviews I do, if they, they keep it in. But like, when you really step back and think about 
what abortion is and the tearing apart of a child in their mother's womb or the poisoning or the starving, depending on what method they use, you know, it, it's, it's gruesome, right? And, and um, yeah, they're, they're, and I'm sure we'll talk about the campaign and, and lessons learned and all that good stuff here. And, and there's still a lot to, to unpack from it, even just on the data side of it. But just that reality, um, you know, I was, I was talking to some of the policy team earlier today that to some degree, Ohio stood up today and said, we want Barabbas, right? Sure. Um, it is, is, and, and again, I, I do, we, we should talk about what we think the reasons why they said that. There's a, there's a lot of interesting lessons there for us about how we go forward. Um, but that is, that is just awful, right? Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll just encourage you all, you know, grace of God, Holy Spirit this morning and my prayer time brought me to second Corinthians four. And I just encourage everyone to go read that today. And, um, that's, that's morning with us, um, and be encouraged by it. You know, um, I, you know, there, there's times like this where I, I really, I press into the Psalms quite a bit and just, Thank God for for examples like David of just being able to say why God, you know why why did this evil happen, um, uh, and you know to David's point, um, kind of being okay with just kind of sitting in that for a bit, um, not not falling in despair, not falling into um, you know anything like that, but uh, you know Jesus' heart is broken today too. Right, and he's all powerful and all sovereign, and and he has all authority on heaven and earth. And um, but uh, that that was kind of the thing too. You know, I I woke up six a.m. <clears throat> there was um just a wave of uh, people um, that just uh, <clears throat> encouraging. Um, and I'm thankful for that, but um, if we're really talking about 30,000 babies, then that's not a pat on the back. You know, that's uh, that's not about like, you know, God is bigger than an election. Oh, for sure. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but somebody's got to weep over these babies. And I think if maybe that's why the outcome was what it was is because Maybe it was just an election. Maybe, you know, like we've been talking about in um, in, in, in my sermons that I've been preaching, you know, the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, maybe we still never quite saw that child, that unborn baby, as a true neighbor, mm-hmm. uh, worthy of respect, worthy of dignity. Um, because if it was just an election, then we could just move on, right? But mm-hmm. there, there's a time to grieve here, and, and we have to, otherwise is not ever going to turn, right? We, how many years did we grieve over Roe v. Wade? Or at least say we did, right? Or at least, you know, it made for some great sermons, right? Like, how could they have done that? We just did 10 times that mm-hmm. here. Like, we did this in the state of Ohio. And it will go far beyond babies. It'll go into our, our children that are struggling with their gender. It will go into our children that are 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, who are being coerced into having abortions and parents will be able to say nothing about that. But yet, 
you know, we have folks that are celebrating wins somehow today. Um, so thank you, like for all the prayers. Thank you for all the support. For sure, for sure. That's the bright part of this whole thing is how the body of Christ did come together. I've never seen them rally around anything in my lifetime, like 48 years of being here, than than they did with this. But it still wasn't enough, and and that is going to impact people um, far beyond an election result. And I think there's. Before we get into some of the nuts and bolts of the policy side of this, um, you know, Aaron, you created space for us this morning as a team to to kind of sit in that grief and mourning. And we need to acknowledge we've got a lot of friends out there who poured a lot oh, into yeah. this that yeah. that are feeling this today too. Yeah. And to to the point about going to the Psalms uh, and, and finding that lament, finding words for our lament, uh, we have a God who's big enough to let us beat on His chest when yeah. we don't understand. And sometimes I don't think we give ourselves permission to do that. Uh, today is one of those days yeah. that we yeah. can do that. <laughs> oh, that's right. And and I think, um, and to David's point, you know, if we're not, we actually kind of need to check our hearts on this. Of because again, this this gets gets wrapped up in the political football and the back and forth. And and that was the thing I tried. To, I was I was talking to one reporter last night at the end of the night, and. And he was asking me, you know, what comes next and all that. And I said, like, you need to understand, like, we we just set aside our lives for the past year, not because, you know, we want to make CCB famous or, or, you know, we want to own the libs or what. I, I don't, I, like, like kids are kids are gonna die, like, um, and we had and still have you know it's a lot harder now but we had the ability to do something about it so we had to do everything we could um and you know to your point mike there was just so many people uh that did you know i think about i mentioned peter range he's driving all over the state i think about uh mike dewine like i i have been blown away by mike dewine through this process of, of what he's done and what he did to help us fight this. And, you know, Mark Harrington had created Equal and Seth Dreher over there. And I'm, I'm going to get in trouble because I'm starting to list people. I'm going to forget people. But, you know, so many. So Brian Williams, right? Um, Pastor Brian Williams. Um, like just so many people even on the CCB team. I I was talking to Nalani uh, on our staff, the uh, legislative liaison. She's our actual lobbyist at CCB that uh, <laughs> shows up and does exactly, work. Yeah, actually, That's right. uh, she, you know, she reminded like we. I've forgotten more of the work we've done already on it. Like we, Nalani led an effort of like I think a hundred volunteers to pour over every one of the seven hundred ten thousand signatures that were submitted on this initiative, right? And it it was literally. We gave her the assignment to look for a needle in a haystack, and there was no needle in the haystack. And so she did all that, and then it was like, okay, that's done. We just have to move on to the next thing. And, and like, didn't have time to say, hey, great work. Go take a couple days off. It was like, nope, sorry, you got more to do, right? I mean, it's, it's – Actually, I said that, and you were the one that did <laughs> I, I did say, uh, just for the record <laughs> – but, but it, it, like, there, there's just so much stuff like that that happened um, that, 
Yeah. Uh, so, so many people did, did so much um, because, you know, again, you look at someone like Milani who, you know, after, you know, again, just to, we're going to brag on her some more, but after spending a, a Saturday knocking on doors, she just went with a friend and set up a table at OSU and tried right. tried to engage students in a conversation about issue one uh, and didn't get anyone to change their mind to a no vote, but got some to say, oh, maybe that's a good point. I'll have to consider it and just did it because she doesn't want to see 30,000 dead kids every year. Well, we knew this morning one way or another there was going to be a step forward into what comes next. Um, you know, Certainly we were hoping that it was trying to plan what the next move would be from, from the abortion industry, but now they don't really have to make a move because they got their amendment in our Constitution. So what does the path forward look like for – uh, whether you want to take it from an organizational standpoint at CCV or just maybe broader um, pro-life movement, that type of thing. What what comes next now that we're faced with this being the, the reality of the law in the state of Ohio? Yeah, if we have <clears throat> if we have time, I'll, I can talk more about some of the, like, the really practical policy, political stuff we're going to be looking at. But but honestly, Mike, we talked about this a little bit this morning. Um this really is, and I love how, how David started us off here, we, we need to understand. I, I think the cultural conversation here, this is, this is a, a hard look in the mirror conversation right now. Um, and it's, it's, it is a time for the church to understand what time it is in our country and what's where we actually are. Um, because, again, on the practical political side of things, you know, it is it is true in every sense that the financial advantage of the left was on full display, not just in Ohio last night, but all across the country. You know, it was it was a bad night for pro-lifers in most parts of the country uh, last night. Um, and in large part, right, that, you know, in, in the last few weeks, we were outspent 35 million to 10 million, right? I mean, it was, they, they you know, 10 days ago, the Yes campaign bought, you know, several millions of dollars in their and for four TV statewide ads, right? And, you know, our polling at the time had shown that we had really brought it within striking distance, and then they dropped this massive ad buy on us. And, you know, to act like that didn't have a significant impact is is, is foolish, right? It, it really did. However, we also need to have a really a, a serious come-to-Jesus conversation uh, about who, where we are as a country, um, and also our strategy as a pro-life movement, because uh, I think one one of the major strategies of the life movement over the last you know several decades, um, one of the, the fundamental beliefs that we've had is that if we can just you know just convince people that it is a life, that an unborn child is indeed a, a unique human being with a, you know its own heartbeat, its own DNA, you know a, a child. Then, uh, then they will agree abortion is wrong, and we'll 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 win the majority that way. And so, a lot of our efforts have been around, you know, whether it's the apologetics effort. I think of groups like Justice for All or Created Equal, or a lot of it has been around really bringing the humanity of the unborn child forward, which is right. We need we we should do that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and even a lot of our legislative efforts, right? Think about laws that we passed to require ultrasounds before abortions or laws that prohibit abortion at 15 or 20 weeks because the unborn child can feel pain, or the ban on Down syndrome abortions, you know, just highlighting the humanity, heartbeat bill, highlighting the humanity of the unborn child. That's what we want to do. 
I think what we didn't fully account for though in that strategy, and I think what we have to accept that at least a part of last night was about is that a lot of America, a lot of Ohio um, is willing to say, yep, I agree, that is a, that is a human being, and I still think it's okay to kill him. Um, and I think there's more of those people than we want to realize. Um, and I think for us, this is where, you know, I thank God that, you know, I feel like in many ways God has been preparing us for this, at least at CCB. Um, you know, he put on our heart that we have to fundamentally restructure, reform the education institution because that worldview is what's taught in our public education system today. And not only is that taught, but that we, it is a godless worldview that's being taught. So you cannot make a moral truth claim that murder is wrong because the the ultimate arbiter of what's right and wrong is not a good and perfect creator God and all a powerful creator God. It is yourself. It's me. Personal autonomy is what matters more than anything. So it is a it is a foolish errand for us to sit around and try to scheme how can we get up to 51% on some abortion policy, pro-life policy, um, and just completely ignore that we are funneling billions of dollars, and Republicans are doing this, conservatives are doing this too, funneling billions of dollars into an education system that is denying the existence of a, a good uh, and perfect creator God, uh, and is teaching children moral relativism that it is okay to, you know, it's okay to take the life of a child if it's an inconvenience to you for one reason or another. That is, again, I'm su- we, we have some. I'm very interested, and we're going to be involved in a whole bunch of conversations about where we go from here on on the strategy policy side. But we are not being serious about saving lives if we're not talking about that. Yeah, that you, this morning um, in the devotion time, you know, I've, I've been struggling with with one thing you said. You said we are further down the line then was that what he said the line we were further down the line than we thought in terms of end times mm-hmm. um where we are in that whole scheme of things but um but you ask an important question that, that a young lady asked me um, one of the um, young ladies used to be in my youth group she asked me this probably three weeks ago she said david we were talking about pro-life roots she had went to our first event out at ccc and she said as powerful as that is you know our, our pro-life roots as as african americans is it enough like, is is helping our people see the rich heritage of supporting life in the biblical worldview of the unborn. As powerful and biblical as that may be, true as it is it enough, right? Is is talking about the science, right? God's law, man's law, is it enough based on where we are as a people, as humans um, in God's timeline? Um, just was wrestling with that today is, Probably one of the only things you've said that really made me think deeply uh, <laughs> over the years. <laughs> but, but man, that's a, that's a question that we all need to wrestle with. Like, what will it take? What will galvanize the body of Christ to move in unity, if not the dismembering of children in the womb? Well, and and David, the thing that we don't know, but but I, I really mean this. Um, like we we've talked about this for the last few weeks. We have been amazed. We were amazed at the response from church leaders through this process. The the Catholic Conference, the Southern Baptist Assembly of God, Church of God, Christian Missionary Alliance. I mean, again, we've we've rattled off the list many times. 
I think one of the things that is jumping out to me in this is uh, in the remnant. There's there's actually fewer in the remnant than yes, right. we might have thought. Yeah. Um, and and again, this this goes back to something we've talked. To, this was the name change at CCB, right? Like just convincing people to agree with us. The the, the goal of if I can I can get someone to agree with us on a political basis, even if they're not a Christian. I think is is right. Like I think about our conversation last week with Monica Snyder that I, I I really enjoyed, but I think the reality is people like Monica are um, are the the exception. And I also think one I pray Monica does come to know Jesus, um, but the reality is unless you really know Jesus, it is it's ridiculous. It's absurd to think that you are going to reject um, abortion. Because again, it, it's uh, yeah, again like uh, Maria and I were talking about uh, the, the interview with Monica after the fact, and like one thing that a secular pro-life person can't answer is why is it wrong to kill a child? Right. Yeah. Right. And unless you're able to say that uh, on, on an unequivocal basis, I'm sure she'd have a response to that. Um, but the reality is, it's not grounded in anything that is, for lack of a better word, enforceable. Right. Yeah. Standard. What, what's by, by what by what standard? And unless someone has that standard, and this is where our political movement, if it's not rooted in Christ, is is destined over time to fail. We can win temporary battles, we can win short term battles, um, but unless it's in the name of Jesus and is is pointing to some pointing people to something more glorious um, and uh, more true than anything else, it it, it cannot win over time. Yeah, and and there's a I think an element too with just the the cultural waters that Christians are, are swimming in these days, and and even if they would sit in in church on Sundays under the authority of their pastor and and hear a number of the very strong pro life messages and no on issue one messages that people we connected with were delivering from the pulpit, and we thank you pastors for for having the, the courage to do that, but there's still just this larger cultural phenomenon going on where church is optional we've got to be the nice kind of christians you know you don't actually have to listen to your pastor because church isn't vital to to your community and who you are so you can say it's okay for you but not want to enforce that on somebody else and you know we don't know what the final numbers are going to look like in terms of did christians actually vote yes on this or or what was the swing there but but there's that it's infecting everything around us, and if we don't have our antenna up to notice it and, and to be able to identify it and call it out for what it is, we're not making any headway. Right, right. And, and again, it's it's too. I think we kind of. Um, I'm just speaking for myself, right? I'm not going to cast this on any other pro life leader out there, but like, it, it's probably been easy over the, especially in the the momentum and all the great things with getting Roe overturned um, and the, the incredible legislative success we were having uh, with things like ultrasound laws and, you know, you know Born Alive Protection Act, all, all of these things, heartbeat bill, obviously. Like, we we took that as a sign of, hey, we're, we're, people are with us. Um, and And I agree that they are with us on – those individual reasonable regulations again polls polls show that but um th- they didn't get the why right right and so because they didn't get the why why do we care why is this wrong 
right? Not just, oh, that that makes yeah, this this is the problem with with you know Bill O'Reilly conservatism, right? Where it's like, oh well, common sense says, you know, everyone thinks this. Americans say this, right? Um, yeah, we're we are the mob is fickle, right? That that's not a, that's not a moral appeal. Um and uh the, you know it's it's a nice sort of rhetorical uh tool, but um at the end of the day, what happens when the mob does say we want Barabbas, right? Well, as we kind of now pivot to to some of the the lessons that we learned from this, you know, that and how do we apply some of that idea of, you know, there there's this greater acceptance of killing a child. Um, we've got 11 states that are going to be facing this next year, up to 11 states that, that this is coming to next. And you know, we said, what, in February, January, February, when we knew this was coming, they were coming to Ohio because they want to point to Ohio. And now in all these states, they're going to say dead red Ohio that's got yep. conservative super majorities in both chambers of the House. Yep. It's got conservatives and, Mike DeWine, and JD every, every major office in the state. Uh, they they approved this, yeah. yeah. They approved this, so we're bringing it to your state, and you really have you have no grounds to oppose it if Ohio is going to approve it. So so what does this look like now for our for our uh, fellow pro lifers in, in states where they're going to be battling this in 2024? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think it, it, everything's just going to get a lot harder there. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, it's it's hard. For, this is all going to sound very self-serving um, in a lot of ways because I was running the campaign, um, or I was a part of running the campaign. Um, you know, I, I I really do think we made a lot of the right moves. I, I you know, it's funny. Uh, David said he didn't sleep last night. You know, I I haven't I didn't sleep for the multiple nights leading up to the election. I actually slept pretty good last night. I, I didn't get enough, um, but I. When I, by the time I got home and got into bed, I, I, I fell asleep hard and slept good until until the morning. Because the one thing I I, I don't feel like I'm sitting here saying woulda, shoulda, coulda in a lot of ways, right? right. I mean, it, it I, I we were on message. We were a lot of the criticisms from the August election um, about what happened there. Uh, we we fixed all of those issues, right? And that wasn't really our campaign in the first place, but. Um, we, we fixed all of that. Right. And, and, you know, short of like having $20 million more, which I don't know, you know, David wasn't opening his checkbook for us. So I guess that was stingy. <laughs> so <laughs> stingy, David. Short, short of, short of that. Not like cake like uh, Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, like I, I, I don't really see anything else that, that would have swayed, you know, 10 points, right? 11 points. Um, so I, I think, I think we, we laid some good foundation here for other states to follow. Obviously every state is unique. Um, I think, um, the, the, the bottom line in terms of like, practically speaking, the, I, I could list all, yeah, get started earlier, uh, try to define the issue, right. Be, be really aggressive there. I think, um, but it, it is, it's a it's a a massive hill to be able to climb on on the political front, right? Um, I think there are certainly things in Ohio, even with this constitutional amendment that passed, um, there are some things that we're going to be able to do and we're going to try to do to curb some of the fallout of this. 
Um, you know, it was written so broadly and vaguely and is certainly going to clash with other constitutional amendments. Um, and so we're going to have to, we're going to have some really good legal bat battles here, I feel like, in the, in the um, years to come. Uh, to, to try to straighten some of that out because I think there's religious freedom implications here. I think there's a lot of implications uh, that are going to be going on here. But I, I, I think that the, the bottom line is, um, you know, if this is coming to your state, um, churches, you got to start now, right? Um, you, because the, the, the crazy lying ads are going to be coming uh, fast and, you, you got to get your people's minds wrapped around uh, what's what's coming for them. Yeah, when we were in D.C. Um, addressing some of the other family policy councils across the country, that was kind of the message to them is if you know it's coming, you know, work work your church base, you know, now. I don't know if, if all of them have um, a base like we do, but um, just from my perspective, the fruit that's going to remain from all of this, the victory for me in all of this is is just – that we were able to really deal with this in the body, yeah. um, all of the body, right? Not just one segment of the body. Yeah. And that was a beautiful thing. And, and so um, just trying to get them now. And, and when I brought that up, sadly, they didn't have the kind of network that we do. The unity of our network, I think, was was another high point of what I saw here in Ohio is that everybody came together you know, for this cause. And, and we had some, you know, some fussing and feuding like any family, yeah. but but I'm proud that that man we we came together and got it done yeah. to the degree that we could. So, um, well, praise God for that. Yeah, and and again, this is where like from 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 my standpoint, with where we go from here. Again, we we've got some some areas both in litigation. We see some opportunities here to protect kids. We see some opportunities around e even potential other law. You know, again, I, I've been really open about this. At some point, we're going to have to go directly at a constitutional amendment. To, to deal with this, right? There's there's no way we don't. Um, again, I, I our, our our theme verse going into next year. You know, we we bought this building at 62 East Broad, um, and we've just been really celebrating Isaiah 62, which starts off for Zion's sake, uh, I will not keep silent. Like we, it's not an option for us to not, you know, make the game plan to go after this, right? And it is that going to be next year? Uh, almost certainly not, right? <laughs> uh, who knows? Um, but putting ourselves in position at some point uh, to go after it is, is huge. But honestly, church, I, I mean this. Like for us at CCV, this is the grace of God that he put it on our hearts to get kids out of these these broken and corrupt schools, right? To, to The fact that now every kid is eligible for a scholarship to get out of the public schools, right? And for us, we need them to get into a real education. And a real education is a Christian education. Because if your education system is not teaching you the reality of that you were made by a creator and he created you for a purpose and all of life has a purpose to it, it's not a true education. It's a half education. It just is. And I know that's like there's so many people that are going to take issue with that. But um, it, it's how in the world can you understand what's going on around you, how things work, why things work? if you don't understand who made them and what the, what he made them for. And, and, and so for us, getting kids out of the public education system and getting them into church schools, so that means starting more church schools, is huge. Um, for us, protecting the Christians in the marketplace, who th don't get me wrong, this, this amendment is going to target everybody. Because if somehow you indirectly interfere with somebody's reproductive decisions, you are violating the state constitution now. 
what in the world does that mean? Nobody can tell me what, what does that mean to indirectly interfere with someone's ability to access an abortion? Like it, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, and so that's why, again, the, the Christian business partnership, like getting that up and growing and being watchmen on the walls. And, and then to, to David's point, like seeing the church, church leaders come together, I think they are more receptive and ready, um, for a conversation about how do we, how do we shepherd, uh, the church to be on a rescue mission right now? We, we are a remnant, um, and we, we, we are the ones God has put in here to, to, to be on that rescue mission to, to save these kids and save our neighbors. Um, cause it's not just the 30,000 kids that are going to lose their lives who are suffering. Um, the, the people who voted for that need, need rescued too. Yeah. And to, to go back to your point about education being so crucial, you know, I don't know that we need to convince our audience on the, on the value of it, but one piece of data I saw coming out of the election last night that maybe helps illustrate the need for it is if you looked at some of the exit polls and, you know, take them with a grain of salt for whatever it's worth. But when you look at the age breakdown of who voted yes and who voted no, as you got to the younger and younger generations, you just saw a huge swing toward the yes side. And it's the kids, it's it's those age brackets that have been mm-hmm. in this public indoctrination fact, public school indoctrination factory for for years, and and we're starting to see the the rotten fruit that it has produced. Well, I I think it was Troy McIntosh last night pointed out in some of those exit po- polls that the only generation that uh, voted against this at a, on a majority basis was the generation that was alive pre Roe. Wow! So everybody else that has come around since Roe. And this is all they've known. Um, it reminds me of the, the, the sermon uh, I, I preached over at Jersey after uh, after the Roe decision came down of, um, you know, the, a, a Roe worldview has saturated our skin, right? We, 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 don't, we don't realize how much Roe has corrupted the thinking of, uh, of Americans, of people in the church. Um, and we saw that on full display last night. Um, so how do we, like, if we're not being serious about systematically attacking that. Um, it's a, it, again, it's, it's a losing strategy, right? David, let me ask you too, cause, cause I know talking about exit polls that the, the number of African-Americans that voted yes was overwhelming, but yet you've, you've been telling us from, from the get go, from, from that initial pro-life roots event at CCC that, um, you felt like the black church was, was awakening. Still, obviously, some room to grow, but oh, are, sure. are, are you encouraged about where the pro-life movement can go in the black church? Absolutely. From and, and, and it was not that I thought the church as a whole, right, in terms of numbers, was yeah. was moving oh, by far. I mean, we, <laughs> but it was what I was seeing happen in the hearts of individuals yeah. where we were. It was the testimonies. It was the eyes opening to this message, this entrenched message in the community that nobody talks about. We don't talk about it in the church. We don't talk about it in our media. Um, It's like we start talking about abortion and immediately shift to the justifications for why we get to kill more of our kids than anybody else in the state of Ohio. Um, And that's what, what was breaking on a small level. And so the prayer was, Lord, let this happen across the state, let this happen across the nation, and in, in the sense where this is much more than an election, um, 
I still see that as a great victory because I feel like that's fruit that's going to remain. Um, because everybody was saying, Mike, um, over and over, it's it, it, this is enough. Enough is enough. Like, we, we, we've got to stop this. Um, it was a truth that everybody knew but nobody talked about. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's time to talk about it and continue to talk about it. Well, I know it's been a it's been a rough twenty four hours as we've uh, sought to you know, go from sort of the hope of we could get over the hump here, we could see this defeated, we could have a longer runway. I mean, we knew they were coming back one way or another, yeah. um, but now we're we're in this very much as you said, Aaron, a new Ohio. This is a new day, a new Ohio that that a lot of us um, certainly didn't want to see, prayed against seeing, um, and yet we're called to be people of hope. Yeah. So uh, to, to kind of bookend our conversation with, you know, rightly wanting to, to mourn and grieve this injustice that's been done, but still being rooted in our faith yeah. and, and having that eternal hope and that eternal perspective in this, how, how do we do that? Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Kathy Harrod, my, my mentor and former boss at, at Center for Arizona Policy would often quote, I think it's Psalm Mm, 27 uh, yeah i would have despaired unless i had seen the um the lord in the land of the living right um and uh you know again it, it one we as you said despair is not something we know we, we we our hope was never in this election um our hope was never in um our our wise strategies and we had a great campaign team and, and folks like that um and so the, the you know it, it's times like this you know, and I'm sure everybody has personal stories like this, but you know, th- this is the, the uh, one of those times where it's a true test of faith, and it's like, hey, God, you know, help me to mourn this well, right? Uh, that that's been sort of my prayer through this of like, God, let me let me be able to come out on the other side of this and be able to say, hey, you know, I, I'm I'm a sinner, I do a lot of things wrong, but God, in that trial and that in that difficult time, um, I didn't lose hope. I didn't I didn't you know. You know, other than falling into drinking Diet Coke again, um, I didn't. Uh, this is a bad sight. I've got like you walk in my office; it's just cans of Diet Coke. Everyone's getting that. Uh, you can't walk in your office. That's it's like, so much Diet Coke, right? Um, no, uh, you know, where am I? Where are we going right now? If if you're disappointed and disheartened like this, where are you going for comfort right now? Right? Is it? Is it uh, the Lord? Is it in the, the community of the body of believers, or is it um, in, in you know creature comforts or otherwise? Right. Uh, and so th- that I think that's one thing I'm really mindful of right now is where am I going for that hope? Um, but then also too, like you know, the, the more we've talked about this today and processed it with with uh, just brothers and sisters. Again, this is guys be be around people today, have these conversations. Um, like we are on a rescue mission now. Guys, and again, God put us here. We were the we are the chosen generation. God had to go through this, um, and so now we are are fully on a rescue mission to go after helping these kids and helping this next generation, um, and helping the people that are here with us. Uh, and so for for me, um, it's it's not just a talking point. It's like, all right, we we see what we got to do, um, and let's go take it. So, well, it's been helpful to to hear. The two of you, what what you've been thinking, how you've been processing, um, you know, this is this is part of it to to be able to sit down and have open conversations about where we're at, and um, 
listeners, you've gotten to experience that firsthand. There, there was no rehearsing this. We kind of yeah. just sat down and let it rip. But uh, if, if well, we do that every you week. Tell, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do that every week. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But we also have kind of a unique opportunity for our friends if they've got some questions that they need answered. We're doing an Ask Us Anything episode next week. So I just want to encourage everybody to, to reach out to us, the narrative at ccv.org, or drop us a, a voicemail or text. 614-769-7077. We know that this isn't something that we just talk about once and move on from. We're going to be talking about this for a while. So uh, we will continue the conversation, I'm sure, in some ways next week with your questions. Reach out with those. And uh, we look forward to, to being back with you next week on The Narrative. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Narrative, presented by CCV and produced by Wessler Media. If you found today's episode insightful, leave us a review or rating and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. We're your hosts, Mike Andrews, Aaron Bear, and David Mahan, and we'll see you next time on The Narrative.